The message you're about to listen to is produced by CRIC Media. Acts 2 verse 22. Peter said, Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs. We God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves also know. He being delivered by the determined purpose and following of God, you've taken by lawless hands, have crucified and put to death. Whom God raised up, having lost the pains of death, because it was possible that he should be held by it. Christ and him crucified. In Acts 17, verse 3, the Bible speaks of Paul. That he went into the synagogue explaining and demonstrating that Christ had to suffer and rise again from the dead, saying, This Jesus, whom I preach to you, is the Christ. That was their focus. Acts 5 29 to 31. It says, But Peter and the apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. Next. It says, the God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you murdered by hanging on a tree. Whenever they preached, they talked about Jesus. In Acts 18, 4 to 5, you see Paul again. It says, in a reason in the synagogue, every Sabbath, and persuaded both Jews and Greeks, verse 5. It says, when Silas and Timothy had come from Macedonia, Paul compared by the Spirit and testified to the Jews that Jesus is the Christ. Christ is the central message. In Paul's writings, you see, through him, through Jesus Christ, in him, by him. See? And when we align our doctrine with the doctrine of the New Testament, we'll get the same results. This morning we looked at Christ and him crucified and I was so blessed by the message. Now when I got to my office, normally I go, when I get after a message, I go out, I just pray and thank God. I couldn't talk. I was just quiet. Because it dawned on me somehow how sometimes my faith was in my works and not in Christ. Hallelujah. And I settled it in Christ alone. Hallelujah. You see, until you understand grace in the context of scripture, notice the use of words, not what I think about grace, but what the word of God says about grace. There are a lot of things you will not fully enjoy. See? And that's why we're looking at Christ and him crucified. First Corinthians 2. Let's begin from verse 1. And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come in excellence of speech or wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. Next. He says, for I determined not to know anything among you. I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. 
Hallelujah. For instance, Jesus said, My God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory. How? Through Christ Jesus or by Christ Jesus. Philippians 4.19. Everything God does for us is through him. My God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory. How? Through Christ Jesus or by Christ Jesus. Philippians 4.19. In Hebrews 13 verse 20, the Bible tells us in the old King James, it says, Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead, our Lord Jesus. Oh boy, we'll deal with that tomorrow. Resurrection. That great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect. In every good work to do his will. Walking in you that which were pleasing in sight. Through Jesus Christ. You know, I cannot become a better person without Jesus Christ. See, when it dawns on you, it changes everything. It puts an end to a lot of challenges. It answers a lot of questions. Why certain things have not been received? Why certain things have not been gotten? Because it comes through Jesus Christ. There are many things you want to receive, and you want to receive it through your works. It comes through Jesus Christ. For instance, in Romans 5 verse 1, the Bible says being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have peace with God. We have peace with God. God is not angry with me. We have peace with God. By whom also we have access into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. We have access. By whom? Through him, he says. We have access into grace. You see that? What is grace? Unmerited favor. When your life begins to function this revelation, you have things you can't explain how you got it. What do I mean? Somebody just did this thing for you. Did you know him? No. This must be God. Yes, because your faith is in him, not in you or who you know. In Romans 5.17, the Bible says, for if by one man, look at this, if by one man's offense dead reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. We reign by him. We reign through him. See, it's time to make Jesus the central theme of your life. You don't even pray in your name. You pray in his name. Hallelujah. Paul said, I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. He said, I was with you in fear, in weakness, in fear, and more trembling. He was scared. Have things you can't explain how you got it. What do I mean? Somebody just did this thing for you. Did you know him? No. This must be God. Yes, because your faith is in him, not in you or who you know.
in Romans 5.17, the Bible says, For if by one man, look at this, if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. We reign by him. We reign through him. See, it's time to make Jesus the central theme of your life. You don't even pray in your name. You pray in his name. Hallelujah. Paul said, I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. He said, I was with you in fear, in weakness, in fear, and in trembling. He was scared. So, but my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. Next. That your faith should not be or stand in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. Look at 1 Corinthians 1, verse 18. For the message of the cross is to those who are perishing. It says it's foolishness of those who are perishing. Why are you talking about a dead Savior? Because I want to answer the question, why did Jesus have to die? It says the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. What is he saying about? <laughs> Let's begin somewhere higher than that. So that I can explain a few things. So I'm looking at why did Jesus have to die? It says, for the message of the cross is solution to those who are perishing, but to those who are being saved, it is the power of God. It is the dunamis of God. And that means the message of Christ releases power. Or the message of the cross. Release this power. Power to save. Power to heal. Power to deliver. Power to restore. Power to create. The message of the cross. Because when we're talking about the cross, we're talking about his death. Let's read on. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the sweet of this world, of this age? Has not God made the foolish, made fully the wisdom of this world? For since the wisdom of God, for since in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God, it pleased God, watches through the foolishness of the message preached. To save those who believe. A man says, oh, I want to change my ways. Believe in someone who died and rose again. What? I thought you told me to bring money. No, the price has been paid. 
Oh, my sins are not too much. The price has been paid. My sin is very much. The price has been paid. I am very poor. The price has been paid. I am very rich. The price has been paid. Leveling ground. For the Jews require a sign. They want a miracle. And the Greeks seek after wisdom. They want a philosopher. But we preach Christ crucified. Because for the Jewish man, come on now, the Messiah should not be killed. We are waiting for a miraculous Messiah who who cannot be killed. But he died. The Jews just want a man that can really talk. If we're going to talk, we're going to talk about his death. Come on, quote. It's not about quotes. You know, let me say this. It is easy to pursue knowledge of the Bible and not pursue Christ. It's a thin line. But we preach Christ crucified. To the Jews, a stumbling block. To the Greeks, foolishness. What are you talking about? You mean I'm looking for a strong savior? And you're talking to me about the man who died and rose again? Why did you let them kill him? That's what we're talking about. Verse 24. But those who are called, both of those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. Christ is the power of God. Really? Yeah. Because the gospel of Christ is the power of God unto salvation. For the Jew first and for the Gentile. It says Christ is the wisdom of God and the power of God. So you've got to have insight. You've got to understand why he died. Then you, you get a hold of the wisdom of God. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men. And the weakness of God is stronger than men. John 10, 17 to 18. Therefore my father loves me. Because I lay down my life, that I may take it again. Jesus was not a martyr. He offered his life. He says, therefore my father loves me because I laid down my life, that I may take it again. You all know when he came to arrest him, when he said, I am he, they all fell under the bar. He didn't run, he offered himself. Like a lamb led to the slaughter, he opened not his mouth. Verse 18. No one takes it from me. You see that? He, you know, in a natural mind, oh, they killed him. He offered his life. He says, no one takes it from me, but I lay down of myself. I have power to lay down. I have power to do what? To take it again. This commandment I received from my father. So why did Jesus die? 
Number one is death was an act of love. Jesus died because God loves you. If you ever doubt in your life whether God loves you, remember that Jesus died for you. John 3.16 The Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Why did he give his son? Because he loved us. You see that? He loved us. In verse 17 says, God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. His death was an act of love. In Romans 5, reading from verse 7. It says, for scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone even dare to die. Next, verse 8. But God demonstrated his love toward us in that while we're still sinners, Christ died for us. Which means his death was a demonstration of the unconditional love of God. His death was a demonstration. Of the unconditional love of God. Oh, I don't think God loved me. No, he died for the ungodly. So are you ungodly? Yes, he died for you. That means God loves you. Does God love me? I've done something wrong. Yes, he loves you. Really? Yes, because he died for the ungodly. Are you ungodly? Yes, that means God loves you. So in your life, if you ever wonder, does God love me? Does God still love me? Look at the cross. Are you following me? All right. We will look at something else in Galatians 2 verse 20. The Bible says, I have been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. You see that? Yet not I, but Christ lived in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and what? And gave himself for me. If you ever doubt whether God loves you, let the cross be a reminder. God can never stop loving you. You say, really? Because if you sinned, you are a sinner. And God loves you. God hates sin, but God loves the sinner. That's why he sent his son to die for your sins. And we'll come to that later. Because he hates sin. But he loves the sinner. Apostle, I'm a sinner. I'm a very, very terrible sinner. That's why he loves you. Because you are a sinner. It came to die for sinners. It says, while we're still sinners, Christ died for us. He didn't die for us because we are good people. He died because we were sinners. Verse 9, look at this. Much more than having not been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. I'll come to that later. 
So he shed his blood because he loves you. Say, God loves me. Yeah. Look at John 15 verse 12. John 15 verse 12. Are you learning anything today? All right, listen to this. It says, this is my command, I love one another as I have loved you. Next. It says, greater love has no man than this than to lay down his life for his friends. And it says, I lay down my life. So the death of Jesus Christ is an eternal reminder of the unconditional love of God. The death of Jesus Christ is an eternal reminder of the unconditional love of God. 1 John 4 verse 9. In this, the love of God was manifested toward us. That God has sent his only son into the world that we might live through him. And this is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be perpetrated for our sins. You see that? So God sent his son to be the covering. See, the payment for our sins because he loves us. And until you know that God loves you, you'll be full of fear. Whenever there's danger, fear will grip your heart. Because your faith is not in the love of God. Because perfect love casts out fear. 1 John 4 verse 18. Number two. Why did Jesus die? Because it came to pay the full price for our sins. Jesus died... To pay the full price for our sins. So his debt was a payment. Are you all there? His debt was a payment. In Genesis 2 verse 17, God had told Adam, the day you eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, he says, you shall surely die. And Adam ate the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. In Ezekiel 18, 3 to 4, the Bible lets us know, 3 to 4, Ezekiel 18. As I live, says the Lord God, you shall no longer use this proverb in Israel. Next, it says, Behold, all souls are mine. The soul of the Father as well as the Son, the soul of the Son is mine. The soul who sins shall die. So everyone in the world, because of sin, carried a death sentence upon him. It was a debt we all owed. Are you following me? It's a debt we all owed. So God needed a ransom. In Psalm 49 verse 6, we read it yesterday. It says, those who trust in their wealth and boast in the multitude of their riches, next. It says, none of them can by any means resume his brother, none can give to God a ransom for him. Next. For the redemption of their soul is costly and it shall cease forever. Okay, James was precious. What is the price we can pay? What is the price? God needed sinless blood. And he couldn't find any. So God had to become flesh. So Acts 20 verse 28 says, We were purchased with his own blood. The blood 
was the price. See, because the Bible says the wages of sin is what is death. So if if, if we're going to pay for sins, then there must be death. Are you following me? He has paid for your sin. Let's look at Job 33. And I want us to look at a few verses here that will bless your heart. Let's begin from verse... 22. Yes, his soul draws near the pit. That's a grave. His life to executioners. If there's a messenger for him, a mediator, one among a thousand, to show man his uprightness, then he's gracious to him and says, deliver him from going down to the pits. That's death. What did he say? I have found a ransom. So Jesus Christ is a ransom for your soul. Are you following me? He is a ransom for my soul. Look at verse 25. His flesh shall be young like a child's and he shall return to the days of his youth. Why? Because God has found a ransom. You shouldn't have skin disease. His flesh shall be young like a child. By redemption, you are entitled to a clean skin. We say number one, his death was an act of love. Number two, his death was the full payment for our sins. By his death, he paid for all sins. And the more you understand this, the more you value Jesus. Let's look at something and we'll run to a few verses. First Timothy 2 verse 5 to 6. For there's one God and one mediator. Notice if you could find a messenger, a mediator, one among a thousand, to render unto man his righteousness. And he will deliver him from the pit. Say, now I have found the ransom. Jesus was the ransom. Say, for God so loved the world that gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes should not perish. Say, will not go to the pit. Never there's one mediator between God and man. He says, the man cried Jesus. Who gave himself? It was an act of love. Who gave himself? A ransom for all to be testified in due time. In Mark 10 verse 45. For even the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve. And to give his life, what? A ransom. A ransom is a redemption price. See, his debt was the full payment for our sins. In Romans 4.25, the Bible says it was delivered up for our offenses. 
So when he died, he fully paid for your sins, my sins, and every sin. Hallelujah. In Hebrews 9.22, the Bible says, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. Which means, in the sight of God, every sin that you sinned is washed away. So he said, Father, I am sorry. It doesn't exist. We learned that in the morning. Can you remember? It washes it away as though it never happened. A man of God said, God told him, grace is his overwhelming desire to treat man as though sin never happened. Grace is God's overwhelming desire to treat man as though sin never happened. So his death was the full payment for our sins. Let's look at Romans 3. Then we'll come to Hebrews 9. And um, I want us to read something here. In verse 24. I could have said it higher, but I don't want to because I'll come to that later. Verse 24. Being justified freely by his grace. They were justified, he said, declared righteous. Being justified fully by his grace through the redemption. We'll come to redemption. It is in Christ Jesus. Whom God set forth, was, watch this, as a propitiation, a covering by his blood. Through faith. To demonstrate his righteousness because of his forbearance. Because in his forbearance, God has passed over the sins that were previously committed. So when Jesus died... He died even for Abraham's sin. Now, so when Abraham died, as a man who believed in the coming Messiah, Abraham went to a place in hell called Abraham's bosom. There are three departments of hell. The first department of hell is called Hades. The second department of hell is called Tartarus. All angels that left their present state, he has reserved in darkness in hell. That's, if you check that word, it's Tartarus. The third department of hell before was Abraham's bosom. And that's why a man could be in the burning part of hell and look at Abraham. Abraham's bosom was a part of the, right, the place the righteous people who died went to. They couldn't go to heaven. Because Jesus had not opened the way. Are you following me? That's why when he rose again in Matthew, Matthew 27, let's look at verse 52. It says, and the graves were opened and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. Coming out of the graves after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. So, when he rose again from the dead, he brought those people who were in the righteous part of hell. They were not burning. They could drink water. That's why in Luke 16, that man could say, tell Lazarus. He could see them. But those in hell can't see those in heaven. Are you listening to me? So, in the Old Testament, when he offered an animal, God was saying, okay, when the Messiah comes, 
It was giving him a promissory note. It's like when you write a check to pay for a bill and tell the person, please collect the money in three months. So God was forgiving them as a promise that in the future, the Messiah will come and you'll receive your full forgiveness. Are you following me? Let's go back again to Romans 3. Are you learning something today? See, if you don't understand these things, you'll be easily confused by arguments. It says, whom God set forth as a proposition by his blood, true faith, to demonstrate his righteousness, because in his forbearance, in his patience, he has passed over the sins that were previously committed. To demonstrate at this present time his righteousness, that he might be just and justified of the one who has faith in Jesus. Hebrews 9. Is this happening to anybody today? Let's begin from verse verse 10. Verse 11 rather. But Christ came as a high priest of the good things to come with a greater and more power time that could not be enhanced. That is none of this creation. Not with the blood of goats and cows. But with his own blood he entered the most holy place once for all having obtained eternal redemption. I will come to that, but you can put it down. Number three, he died to redeem us. See, he died to redeem us. Jesus died to redeem us. To redeem is to buy back. You saw that in Romans 3 verse 24. Look at it again. We'll come back here. Being justified freely by his grace through the redemption of his Christ Jesus. Next. Whom God set forth as a proposition by his blood. So when he shed his blood, he redeemed us. In Ephesians 1 verse 7, the Bible says, In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of his sins according to the riches of his grace. So when he died, he redeemed us. In Colossians 1 verse 14, the Bible says, In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. He redeemed us. And by that redemption, Satan has no claim over your life. Because you've been bought by God. We learned that in the morning. You were bought at a price. Can you remember it? Hallelujah. Now, before I continue, let's look at 1 Peter 1, 18 to 19. And I'll come back here and show you what to talk about the sins that were in the past. All right? Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Say, I've been redeemed. Now, that means that anything that troubled your family members, God has bought you from it. Hebrews 9. Verse 12. Now with the blood of ghosts and cows with his own blood, he entered the most holy place once for all, having obtained eternal redemption. 
For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of Eve are sprinkling the unclean sanctifies for the providing of flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? We'll come to that later. And for this reason, he's the mediator of the new covenant, watch this, by means of death. For the redemption of the transgressions under the first covenant. That means when he died, because redemption is forgiveness, it was paying for the forgiveness under the first covenant. That those who are called may receive the promise of eternal inheritance. All right, we say number one is death. Is death was an act of love. Number two is death was the full payment for our sins. Satan cannot argue against it. Number three is death was to redeem us. He died to redeem us. Number four, he died to deliver us from the power of Satan. Now, a lot of folks don't know that because Jesus died, Satan's hold over their lives is illegal. Are you following me? In Colossians 2 verse 15, NIV. It says, having disarmed principalities and powers, it made a public spectacle of them. How? Triumphing over them. How? By the cross, it died to deliver us from the power of Satan. If you really understand this, you will know that no devil has a right to oppress you. Because the reason Satan should have a right over you was the debt you owed. But he has paid your debts by dying for you. In Hebrews 2 verse 9, the Bible tells us, but we see Jesus was made a little other than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he by the grace of God should taste death for who? For who? Talk to me now. For who? That was the debt you owed. Now look at verse 14. Inasmuch as the children are partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same. That he through death might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil. To release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. He died to deliver us from the power of the devil. In 1 John 5, 19, the Bible says we are of God, we know that we are of God, and the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. The whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. And Galatians 1, 3 to 4 says, Grace and peace from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Watch this. Who gave himself for our sins? We'll deal with that later. 
the payment, but we look at the washing away of the sins. Who gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this present evil age. So the death of Jesus Christ delivers me from this present So whatever evils come with the season, comes with the year, comes with the decade, I've been delivered from it. According to the will of God our Father. In Colossians 1 verse 13, the Bible says he has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of his love. Say, I am delivered. Say, I am delivered. I am delivered. So why is it that the devil cannot kill you? Because you are delivered from the power of the devil. Because he has tasted death for you. Are you following me? All right. Now, number five, he died to obtain our forgiveness. He died to obtain our forgiveness. The death of Jesus Christ made forgiveness possible. When I mean forgiveness, remission of sins possible. So now our sins are washed away. See? Our sins, God doesn't hold your sin against you because of the blood of Jesus. Like we saw in, in Hebrews 9 verse 22, it says, According to, all, to the law, all things are purified with blood. And with shedding of blood, there is no, without shedding of blood, there is no remission without the shedding of blood. Remission is a washing away. The blood of Jesus Christ does not just cover sins, it washes it away. In Hebrews 10 verse 1, Hebrews 10 verse 1, it says, for the law, having a shadow of good things to come and not the very image of things, can never with the same sacrifice which they offer year by year make those who approach perfect. For then would they have not for, for then for then would they not have ceased to be offered? For the worshippers once purified would have no more consciousness of sins. In other words, they say had a consciousness of sin. See, but when you come to Christ. The Bible tells us in Hebrews 9, 14, it cleanses your conscience. It purges your conscience. See, it purges your conscience. It cleanses it. By his blood. When you realize that, hey, when I confess a sin, uh, all that sin is washed away. When it's forgiven, it is never remembered. It's washed away. When you get a white shirt, it's dirty, and you wash it, it's clean, you don't find the dirt anymore. He says, though your sins be as scattered, it shall be as white as snow. He washes it away. He died to obtain your forgiveness. Are you following me? Look at this verse 3. But in those sacrifices, a remainder of sins everywhere. For it's not possible that the, the blood of sins, bulls and goats, should take away sins. See? Now, the word remission is an accounting word. How many of you did accounting? Remitted to your account. Remitted. You see that? Remitted. So, Jesus, when he died, the Bible says he became sin for us. Because he bore our sins in his body. He carried your sins. He carried my sins. Are you following me? 
We'll come back here. Go to Isaiah 53. And we're going to read verse 5 and 6. Then we will run to 10. Isaiah 53, 5, 6. Okay, maybe we'll read from 5 to 10. So you can get the, the, the gist. But he was wounded for my transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. Now, why do we have peace to our Lord Jesus Christ? Because God has punished him for me. So now, God has nothing against me. Because the reason he would have been angry, somebody has suffered for it. Are you following me? Look at Luke 24, 46 to 47. We'll come back here. Luke 24, 46 to 47. He said, then he said to them, thus it is written, and thus it was the for Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. Next, and that repentance and remission of sins, the washing away of sins, should be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. Acts 13, 38 to 39. It says, therefore let it be known to you, brethren, that through this man is preached to you the forgiveness of sins. Next, 39. And by him, everyone who believes is justified from all things which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. In other words, when you come to Jesus Christ, all those requirements that you could not meet that were against you are blotted away. So the man in Christ is as though he never sinned. Because his sins are washed away. Are you following me? Because if you live with a guilty conscience, your faith will not function. And that's why you need to understand what Jesus did. Why did he die? Because God has said, the soul that sinned, it shall die. But someone has died for me. So your death is bacterial to the cross. That's why Paul says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I. You see that? So, it back there this cross. It's there to the cross. So now, the COVID that could kill you is back there to the cross. Because Jesus took your COVID. You don't have any COVID for yourself. Hallelujah. Are you all there? Celebrate Jesus for a moment. See, Jesus is the answer. Tell someone, Jesus is the answer. Yeah. In Acts 10 verse 43... The Bible tells us, Peter is preaching, it says to him, all the prior witness that through his name, whoever believes in him will receive remission of sins, forgiveness of sins. Your sins are washed away. In 1 John 1, 9, the Bible says if we confess our sins, it is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, watches, and to cleanse us from what? From all unrighteousness. Look at 1 John 5 verse 16. Give me verse 17. 17. 17. All unrighteousness is sin. So, when he cleanses me from unrighteousness, he cleanses me from all my sin. When I say, Father, forgive me for what I've done, I am washed by that blood as though I have never sinned. And there are many of you here, like we said in the morning, you are virgins in the sight of God because you stayed away from sin, since, uh, from sexual sin, since you got born again. 
Here some of you fell back into it, but he washed it away. And because he washed it away, it's as though it never happened. So in his sight, you're still, give it to me, a virgin. Jesus died to obtain our forgiveness. All right, Isaiah 53. It says, but he was wounded for our transgressions. Oh, Jesus. He has suffered for my transgression. See, I know why I will not suffer. Because he has suffered for my transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of peace was upon him, and by his rest we are healed. I don't, want to, I don't want to touch that yet. Go, move on. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him. What did he put on him? The iniquity, the sin nature of what us all. That means you've been delivered from the power of sin. Because the sin nature has been taken away in Christ. Because him who knew no sin became sin for us. Hallelujah. Say, I am redeemed. I am forgiven. Now, when you say you're forgiven, you're saying that there are no records of sin against you. You are innocent as though you have never sinned in your life. Think of if this is the way you've been living your Christian life. Because many of you here, you still, uh, I remember those days, uh, those days when person bad, you were never bad. Because you are a new creation. So you need to change your philosophy. See, Paul so understood this, that his name was Saul. As he grew, he used his Greek name, Paul. The same person, but as a new. Says Christ came to save sinners, of whom I am chief. Hallelujah. All right. Isaiah three verse seven. He was oppressed. And he was afflicted. He had opened not his mouth. You see, I said he offered himself. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter. As a, as a sheep before the sheriff is silent. So he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment. Who declares generation? See, that's why I told you that he didn't have a child. I said, who declares generation? He doesn't have a child. Who declares generation? He was cut off from the land of the living. He died an untimely death. That's why you will live long. Jesus died young, so you may live long. For the transgression, watch this, for the transgression of, the, of my people, he was stricken. And he made his grave with the wicked, but with the rich at his death. Because he had done no violence, no deceit was in his mouth, nor was there any deceit in his mouth. Yet he pleased the Lord to bruise him. He put him to grief. I'll come to that later in that verse 10 in the Young's Literature Translation when I'm dealing with sickness. When watches when you make his soul, what did you make his soul? An offering for sin. Now watch this and watch this closely. 
In Leviticus 17, 10 to 11, the Bible gives us a mystery to understand this place. It says, and whatever man of the house of Israel or the stranger who dwells among you, who eats blood, I will set my face against the person who eats blood and will cut him off from among the people. That's why we don't eat blood. For the life of the flesh, this word life here is the soul of the flesh. It will make his soul an offering for sin. It says, for the life, the word is nefesh, the word soul is nefesh. So, it will make his life, and which life? For the life of the flesh, the soul of the flesh, the nefesh of the flesh is where? In the blood. Are you following me? So, when his blood was shed, that was the offering for sin. That means an end to every demonic oppression. It silences the argument. The Bible tells us of Abel's blood that cried from the ground. It was crying vengeance. Don't forget the blood of Jesus Christ. Did not only go to the holy place, which we'll deal with later, but the blood of Jesus Christ touched the ground as well. Which means he reconciled the earth to himself. It's there. I will come to the Colossians. We will get there. But I want you to see this. Now when he died on that cross. And his blood touched the earth. It meant that wherever I am. I find favor. Are you following me? For the life of the flesh is in the blood. And I have given to you upon the earth. To make an atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that makes an atonement for the soul. So when he shed his blood. An atonement was made for my soul. Go back to Isaiah 3 verse 10. It says, It shall see his seed. It shall prolong his days. Who is the seed? I am his seed. So, it lives through you. It lives through me. Now you now know why Paul says, Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. I am his seed. He prolongs his day through me. Are you following me? It shall see his seed. It shall prolong his seed. The pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Look at the next verse. It shall see the labor of his soul and be satisfied. When God saw that blood, he was satisfied with the claims of justice. And God says, I will not again, never again be angry with you and keep it forever. No, I will never again. Because the blood satisfied the claims of justice. There are many of you here, you don't know God has nothing against you. You've repented. You asked for forgiveness. He washes away as though you never sinned. So in the sight of God, you are without sin. You are without blame. Jesus has been blamed for you. Jesus has borne your shame. He was stripped. By his knowledge, my righteous servant shall justify many. For he shall bear what? Their iniquities. Look at this. Verse 12. Therefore, I'll divide him a portion with the great, and shall divide his power with the strong. He has poured out, watch this, his soul 
unto death. He has poured out. What did he pour out? The blood. Because the life of the flesh is in the blood. Which have given us an atonement for your soul. And the word soul is nephesh. He poured out his nephesh, his soul. So when he was dying, oh, let me share this with you. Do you know that your attributes, your temperaments, and many things about you is carried in your blood? Are you aware of that? If you do a blood transfusion right now, and someone takes blood from you, they will pick up your personality. Follow me closely. Jesus healed the sick. That story is carried in his blood. Jesus raised the dead. It's carried in his blood. Jesus cast out devils. It's carried in his blood. Everything is deed, everything he did, that message, that history is in his blood. And you take communion. So every time you take communion, whatever the blood accomplished when he was alive is released into you. And it was normal transgressions, and he bore the sins of many, and he made intercession for transgressors. Transgressors, how through the blood. Right now, the blood is interceding for me. It speaks better things than the blood of Abel. Hallelujah. Are you all there? Number five, he died to do what? Obtain our forgiveness. No, that's number six, right? Number six. We are going to number six now. Okay. Hallelujah. You're following. Now, I said I will take you to something later. In the year 19, I think it's 1996, they were doing the coronation service, as they called it, the homegoing of Archbishop Benson, Idahosa, of blessed memory. When I was going, the Lord spoke to me and said, Christianity is not trying to attain. Christianity is an exchange. Let me explain. Let me give you number six if I give you this revelation. Number six. It died to reconcile men to God. You can say reconcile men back to God. One of the primary reasons why Jesus came is to reconcile men back to God. In 2 Corinthians 5 verse 19, the Bible says that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. 
You see that? It came to reconcile men back to God. Reconciliation is a change of relationship. What is the state of harmony between two people who are in conflict? And that's why Romans 5 verse 1 says, Being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. In Ephesians 2, I think it's verse 15 or 17. Look at that. Okay, let's start from here. It says, having abolished in his flesh the enmity. There is a law of commandments containing ordinances. So also created himself one new man from the two, thus making peace. Next. Then he might reconcile them both to God. In one body, through the cross, they might put it to dead enmity. Next, 17, please. And he came and preached peace to you who were far off and to those who were near. Give to me the NIV. He came to preach peace. He said, preach peace. Um, the version is a preach. Okay, um, YLT, Young's Theater Translation. Okay, and having come, he did proclaim good news, peace to you that are far off and deny. Reconciliation. Jesus came to preach peace, to tell men God is not mad at you. He's the one walking to draw you to himself. Hallelujah. In Acts 10, you see Peter saying the same thing. About the message Jesus preached. In verse 36 of Acts 10. The word which God sent to the children of Israel. Preaching peace. What did Jesus preach? Peace. Through Jesus Christ he is Lord of all. He was preaching peace. That God is not mad at you. God is not against you. He wants to help you. He wants to save you. He wants to change you. The message many hear is not the gospel. They can preach in peace. You see why whenever Paul starts a letter, he says, grace and peace. Be unto you from God the Father and from Jesus Christ. You know, there are lots of people who feel that God hates us. Jesus is the one begging God. Let me kill this. Let me kill But they forget that the redemption was God's idea. So God loves you, and Jesus also loves you. And the Holy Ghost also loves you because they are one. Now, let's look at one more Colossians 1, reading from verse 19. For it pleased the Father that in him all the fullness should do all next. It says, and by him to reconcile all things to himself. By him, when our things on the earth, his blood touched the earth. All things in heaven, he took his blood to heaven and sprinkled intenses of worship with his blood. And having made peace through the blood of the cross. You see that? Next. 
And you who once were alienated enemies in your mind by wicked words, yet now, I say what? Reconcile. Verse 22. In the body of his flesh, through death, to present you, how? Holy and what? And blameless and what? Above reproach where? In his sight. God doesn't see you the way men see you. Men remember your past. God doesn't remember your past. Give it to us in the NIV. It says, but now he has reconciled you by Christ who has body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and what? And free from accusation. You see why the Bible says they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb? You're free from accusation. The enemy will accuse you. He will talk. You who did this? You? Are you the one that this God is going to use you? Do you know what you did? Hey, I can't remember. I choose to forget. I choose to forget. I may have done it, but I hear me, devil. The blood just has washed away in the sight of God. I am clean. I am holy. He will use me. Hallelujah. Free from accusation. He said, if I came in by the blood of the Lamb and what? And by the word of your testimony. You have to agree with the blood. Tell anybody, I am righteous. I am holy. I am pure. Yes. Number seven. He died to sanctify us. That's what we just read. That we might be holy, blameless, and above reproach in his sight. Hebrews 9.26. You know, I told you I'm going to share revelation with you. It says, he then would have had to suffer often since the foundation of the world, but now at the end of the ages... He has appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. Next. And as it is appointed for men to die once, and after this the judgment next. So Christ was offered once to bear the sins of many. To those who eagerly wait for him, he will appear a second time apart from sin for salvation. Hebrews 10 verse 5. Look at verse 5. Therefore, when he came into the world, he said, sacrifice and offering you did not desire. But what? A body have you what? Prepared for me. Next. It says, in born offering and sacrifice for sin, you had no pleasure. You know why the Bible said the pleasure of the Lord will prosper in his hand. Because all the sacrifice, God was tired of the sacrifice. And I settle this thing forever. Then the father was satisfied. Verse 7. Then I said, Behold, I have come in a volume of the book, it is written of me, to do your will, O God. Watch this. Previously, saying the sacrifice and offering. And born offerings and offerings for sin, you do not desire, nor have pleasure in them, which are offered according to the law. Then he said, Behold, I've come to your will, O God. It takes away the first, that means it ends the old covenant, that it may establish the second. All right. 
By that will, we have been what? Sanctified. How? Through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ. See, I'm sanctified. You know what that means? It means you're holy. Sanctified. In Ephesians 4 verse 24. It says, And that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true hope, righteousness, and what? And holiness. We are created holy. The new creation is holy. Say, I am holy. Number eight. It died to establish the new covenant. The Bible says he, he offered himself to take away the first. That he may what? That he may establish the second, which is the New Testament. The second. It's actually called the Second Testament. Now for sanctification, you can write Hebrews 10 verse 14. Look at it. For come number 8 again. For by one offering he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. You see that? So now back to what we're discussing. It died to establish the New Testament. When Jesus died, his death established the New Testament. Because every covenant was made by blood. Matthew 26. Let's hear from the mouth of the master himself. Let's begin from verse 26. It says, And as many as they were eating, Jesus took bread, blessed and broke it, and gave to the disciples, and said, Take it, this is my body. Then he took the cup and gave thanks, and gave to them, saying, Drink drink from it, all of you. For this is my blood, how? Of the new covenant, which is shed for what? For many, for the remission of sins. It died to establish the new covenant. In Hebrews 7 verse 22, the Bible tells us that he is the shorty. You see that? He is the shorty. He is the guarantor. See, the blood of Jesus tells you that every word in the Bible is good for today. By so much, Jesus has become a shorty of a better covenant. In Hebrews 8 verse 6, it says, but, but now he has obtained a more excellent ministry in so much as he is also a mediator of a better covenant which was established upon better promises. Now watch this. When you have a covenant with someone, everything the person has is yours and everything they have is also, uh, everything you have is theirs. So in a covenant, it's 100%, 100%. You, you were a sinner. Notice the use of words. You were a sinner and a God of grace came to you and says, let's enter into a covenant. And I will take what is yours and give you what is mine. He was righteous. So he took my sin and what? And gave me his righteousness. Christianity is not trying to obtain is what 
It's an exchange. It says in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 21, it says, him who knew no sin, it says, he, he made him who knew no sin to be seen for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Now, if I enter into a, a covenant with a royal family, I am automatically a part of the royal family. Anything the royal family enjoys is mine. By that covenant now, you are a joint heir with Christ. So anything Jesus has a right to enjoy, you have a right to enjoy it. John 17, 22. It says, and the glory which you gave me, I have given them, that they may be one just as we are one. This is covenant statement. Verse 22. I in them and you in me that it may be made perfect in one and that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them how as thou loved me it's a covenant as a child of God in the new covenant everything God has belongs to you and that's what the Bible tells you in 1 Corinthians 3 verse 21. The Bible says, let no man boast in men for all things are yours. Then he says, listen to this. Whether Paul, come on now, I own Paul. The creator owns Paul. It's a covenant statement. Or Apollos, or Cephas, or, or the world, or life, or death, or things present, or things to come. All so anything God has is mine <laughs> that's a big statement for many people it says verse 23 says, you are Christ's he owns me and Christ is God's we're in covenant see I'm in covenant with my wife she gets into my car and goes where she wants to go and I called, I said, where are you? I said, I'm in the salon. I said, okay, you didn't tell me you are going to the salon. But she drove the car to the salon. Why? Because we are joined hands. So Jesus said, because we are in covenant. My name is now your name. My wife is Mrs. Fessel. Because when we got into covenant, she now came under my authority and came under my name. In Acts 15 verse 14, the Bible says he has taken us a people for his name. Now you have his name. So I don't pray in my name. If she's going to fill any form, she must put Valerie Fessolaja. That's my name. So whenever I pray, I pray in the name of Jesus. Because it's an exchange. It died in my name that I might live in his name. I was a sinner. It died a sinner's death. That I may enjoy a righteous man's blessing. So whatever Jesus is entitled to, you are entitled to. Because he took your place. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Exchange. Corinthians 8 verse 9. That though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor. That you just poverty might become rich. Notice he became poor that you might be rich. Did you see that? He established new covenant. Jesus came to establish new covenant. 
In 2 Corinthians 1, reading from verse 19. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you, we preach Jesus Christ. By us, by me, Silvanus and Timothy, was not yes and no, but in him was yes. Next. For all the promises of God, in him are what? So, whatever God has promised, if you are in Christ, it's a yes. Lord, are you going to heal me? Yes. Because it took your place. Oh, Lord, Lord, will I be delivered? Yes. Oh, Lord, will I live long? Yes. So, Jesus' death came to put a stamp of yes. On every promise for me. So right now, you can't die poor. You see that? Because the blessing of the Lord make it rich. And you are blessed with every spiritual blessing in heaven places where? In Christ. So everything in heaven is made available to you where? In Christ. Jesus said the Holy Ghost take of mine and show it to you. And all that the Father has are mine. But I say he will show it to you. So he will show me what Jesus has, what the Father has. the blood of Jesus. It's a forever yes. That blood says yes to your prayers. Yes to your protection. Yes to your conception. Yes to your promotion. Yes to your deliverance. See, when you get a hold of this, it changes your whole life. It's not about you. For all the promises of God in him are yes and in him amen. To the glory of God through us. God even gave you his power. The Holy Ghost is the power God personified. And he lives inside of you. The sinning greatness of his power is given to us what we believe. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. According to the power that worketh where? In us. He gave you his power. came to establish the covenant. And says, listen child, this is my armor I used to defeat Satan. Wear my armor. And stand against all the wise of the devil. Having done all to stand, stand therefore. The devil knows that armor, he can't defeat me. When you wear it, he can't defeat you. It's my armor. He gives you everything he has. He gives you his spirit. He gives you his son. He gives you his name. He gives you his word. This is why he had to die. I give it to you. I'm going to close. Stop playing on the keyboard. Number nine. He died to redeem us from the curse. In Galatians 3 verse 13. 
The Bible says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. The curse of the law is Deuteronomy 28, 15 to 68. It includes rashes, itching, sweetie, inflammation, balls, leprosy, tuberculosis, madness, blindness, pain. They are under the curse. It says Christ has redeemed us. He poured out his blood for the saints. If they stoned him to death, it have washed our sins, but did not remove our curse. In Psalm 22, David wrote 500 years before the Phoenicians developed crucifixion about nailing the hands and the feet. It's not a Jewish way of killing. Let me show it. Psalm 22. Let's read verse 16 first. For the dogs have surrounded me. The congregation of the wicked has enclosed me. They pierced my hands and my feet. The Jews did not kill like this. It was writing prophetically about something that had been developed 500 years later. Then another 500 years later, the Romans perfected it fully. Because God had caused the work of man's hands. Man had lost authority in the earth. He had lost authority to the devil. So now, he's going to break the curse on the work of your hands. His hands would have to be pierced. It is going to restore your authority. His feet will have to be pierced. I mean, God caused man in the garden when he pronounced the consequence of man's sin on him. He said, curse is a ground for your sake. So that of the sweat of your brow, you will eat bread. The sweat of your brow. He says, tons and tissues he shall bring forth to thee because of the curse. So they have to put a crown on his head to end that curse in your life. 
Because when you're working tons of pre and you will bleed and suffer to eat. He says, no. I'll wear the crown of thorns that I may crown you with loving kindness and tender mercies. In Psalm 103, verse 4. He will redeem your life from destruction. Who crowns you with loving kindness and tenderness. He crowns you with favor. While he was bleeding, he was bleeding so that you could have favor on your head. They wore him a crown of thorns. So that you may not suffer to eat. So you don't need to sweat to eat. So that what comes into your life is more than what you worked for. Your salary is 250,000 naira. But you have so much favors, so much favors that what you enjoy is what one, one million naira. The remaining 750 came from the crown of loving kindness. When Joseph entered the presence of Pharaoh, he was wearing a crown of favor. In Acts 7, 9-10, the Bible tells us of Joseph and the patriarchs becoming ever so just of Egypt, but God was with him. Next, it says, and delivered him out of all his troubles and gave him favor and wisdom in the presence of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and made him governor over Egypt and all his house. It was a crown of favor. Do you know you're wearing a crown of favor? Psalm 5 verse 12. For you, O Lord, will bless the righteous. With favor, you surround him. You carry an atmosphere of favor as he was bleeding from the head. Whenever you see that picture anywhere in that crown, say, Oh, I'm favored. I'm crowned with loving kindness and tender mercies. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Have we become a curse for us? For it's been curses everyone who hangs on a tree. God says, if they hang you on a tree, you are cursed. So you see why God didn't allow the Jews to kill him. The Romans had perfected crucifixion. So what it was done on the cross. Was saying, well, if it's so, you cannot be cursed. So that the blessing of Abraham and come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, they will receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. It came to deliver you from the from the curse. Right now, you are blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. You are as blessed as Jesus is. Lastly, number 10. 
He died to take away your sickness. He died to take away your sickness and my sickness. Isaiah 53 verse 4 to 5 Young's the translation Surely our sickness he has borne. He has borne your sickness. He has borne my sickness. And our pains, he has carried them. And we esteemed him plagued, smitten of God, and afflicted. Verse 5. He is pierced for transgressions. Bruised for iniquities. The chastisement of our peace is upon him. And by his bruise, there is healing to us. Look at verse 10. Young's literal. And Jehovah was the, as delighted to bruise him. What did he say? He has made him sick. So Jesus was sick for me on the tree. He had fever. He had cough. He had COVID on the tree. When you die from COVID, they say they died from complications of COVID-19. They could have pneumonia, association, they can't breathe. Do you know that the way the Romans kill you, the way that way of killing, you die from association, you can't breathe. You have to stress to take oxygen, but you can't stay like that for long. You have to come down and... <gasps> That was where COVID ended. God knew the biggest blow of the enemy in the latter days would be diseases you breathe in. Biological weapons are sprayed in the air. Chemical weapons are sprayed in the air. And the final way he died was by... <gasps> it says, any death by breathing, you will not die that way. He made him sick. There were growths on his body. I remember a young man. He saw a vision. That they were flogging Jesus. And around him were all kinds of sicknesses. Lame, blind, deaf, paralyzed, leprous. He said, as they were flogging him. And they dragged the weak. They said, as the flesh and blood scattered and touches his people, they started rising up. Because the guarantee of your healing was his suffering. So the question, did he suffer for you? Then that sickness has no legal right to remain. A Muslim came to a cheerleader's crusade. And he said he saw a hand, a bleeding hand, moving upon the congregation. And as the hand is passing them and that blood is pouring, people were getting healed. The blood guarantees your healing. See, Jesus had no growth in his body. In heaven now, he has no growth. He has carried all the growth there should be. Now your body should be as he is in heaven because he carries your growth. Apostle, I have high blood pressure. You do? He carried yours. 
that blood settles your future forever. In 1 Peter 2 verse 24, the Bible says, who is himself? Who our own sins did burn himself? Burn his own body. How own sins himself did give it to me the open the yes. Who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree? Notice on that tree your sins were there. That we having died to sins may might live for righteousness. By whose stripes you are going to be healed? Where? You are as healed as yesterday. Take your healing. Take your soundness of mind. Take your deliverance. In Matthew 8, 16 to 17, the Bible says, when he had come and they brought to him many who were demon possessed. Notice demon possessed. And he cast out the spirits with a word and in order were sick. Next. That he may fulfilled, which was spoken by Zion the prophet, saying, He himself took our families. Why did he heal them? That it might be fulfilled. And this was before he went to the cross. If he healed them, because he was going to go to the cross, then much more he should heal us because he has gone to the cross. He himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. He had balls on the cross. He had migraine on the cross. On the cross. He had pile on the cross. Every disease was laid on Jesus on the cross. You have no right to be sick anymore. He had suffered for you. Bow your heads for a moment. Thank you for listening to this message. As we preach the full message of this new life, our goal is to raise the people who are like Jesus by exposing them to the influence of God's word and his spirit in an atmosphere of love so that they may be able to take the love of God, the word of God, and the healing power of God to every individual within their sphere of contact. For more information on how you can get other messages by Apostle David Wally Fessor, visit us at Charismatic Renaissance International Church, Kilometer 9 and 10, along Isaac Boro Expressway, Biogulu, Yenegua, Bayoso State. You can also visit our website at crichurch.org. Follow us on Facebook at Charismatic Renaissance or call 003-382-7072 or 005-120-4708. God bless you.